Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday morning, the 27th of June. My God, June is come and gone almost already, and it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, for the morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? I've missed you. How is life? What's new since uh, we I'm talked? I'm doing good. You, you shaved. I'm like, who's is this Nick's younger brother? Who is this person? I don't, uh, I don't know this guy. So hopefully I'll still recognize us. I know there's some familiar faces in the chat already. Looking forward to saying hello. And Nick, you know when I see a slight or something that just sits out of out of kilter with me, I get all fired up. Well, there's mm-hmm. I, I got we we got some things that the to to talk about today, Nick. Yeah, we absolutely do. And uh, it's always good to talk about things. The off season can be a little bit you know ebb and flow, but uh, we're here, and as we will provide as much as uh, you guys want, and also bounce back with us. Obviously, we have things we want to talk about, but really, the lifeblood of the show is what you guys uh, provide content and. We riff on it, so we appreciate the, the comments and the support. Drop a thumbs up on the way in if you haven't already, and uh, let's say hello to some people in the chat coming in this fine Tuesday morning. We got Troy coming in with a bang. First comment here and a big 1999 Super Chat. Thank you so much, Troy. Uh, T-Money, thank you so much. Hey, guys, which improved factor is most important for more wins and close games this year? Special teams, fear injuries, coaching, better offensive line, shutdown secondary, or something else? I think Scott and I are probably going to say the exact same thing here, but you say close games. That to me makes me think coaching. It's the the margins. It's not the overall talent of the roster. It's, you know, how can I absolutely put these guys in the best position uh, moment to moment and just squeeze everything out of this roster that you possibly have. So to me, it's coaching and the, the close game factor. And Troy, thank you so much for your support coming in early this morning. For me, it, coaching was the easy answer for me because coaching improves special teams. Fewer injuries. You you might not think it does. How does that improve injuries? Well, when people are coached better, they want to play more. You know, when they see a sinking ship, they, oh, you know, my hamstrings bother me today. I think I'm going to sit this one out. They they seem to stay healthier when you're more competitive. That's not a that's not a uh, that's not an accident. Better offensive line coaching. <laughs> You've got some players in there for sure too. But your offensive line, I believe, even with the same group of guys, I believe the offensive line would have gotten better anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the secondary is solid, um, you know, improve play from your quarterback. So I, I think the coaching improves not in this case, I think it'll be exponential. Typically it can be marginal, but marginal increases across a bunch of different factors, help you win games. Yeah. This time, I think there will be big improvements 
across major against part of these these areas because your coaching is going to be so much better than it was last year. Yeah, I agree. And one here that you know just tossing it out, but just randomness in general. Last year, Broncos had pretty bad luck in those one score games. We have enough years and years of data to show that they can be pretty random. Now that's gambler's fallacy to say that uh, the coaching matters some. I even know a quarterback. You know, the, just the overall culture of the team is part of it too. Uh, but uh, there is some randomness in it. Now that's why a lot of statistical analysis, there's like a variable for random noise in it. And uh, that's some of the one score losses as well. So hopefully the Broncos will have some better luck factor in this, this season, even though that is a gambler's fallacy, you know, it resets every year, but I would assume better luck. Some of it feels, you know, I, I I've told you this line before. One of my favorite all time cocky, arrogant lines was from days of thunder with uh with tom cruise you know he comes off the track and robert duvall is the 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 pit guy he's like you know hey you got a little lucky coming out of that turn you almost like if you think it was luck let's do it again i'm like that's just the ultimate line what a cheesy movie what a great line it's like yeah let's let's do it again if you think it was luck um it happened so often last year nick and i know you can regress in one score games but it didn't feel like luck last year it felt like incompetence it felt like chaos. It felt like disorganization. It felt like what's the opposite of coordinated. It felt uncoordinated. Uncoordinated. <laughs> um, that it just didn't feel like luck. And yeah. I just think you're, as a fan, you're unlucky because you had a team that was good enough to be in all these games, despite the incompetence that we saw from the, the front office and the administration slash coaching staff. So, that should get better. Yeah, it really should. So coaching is the big one here. Uh, we'll see how much it looks like. What would you be your second answer on that one? Something else sticking out here? I mean, you talk about the margins. Fewer injuries, I think, would probably just just how much of an impact it had overall. That have a massive impact on the one-score games turning out better as well because you, then you just have better talent. Uh, but does anything else stand out to you? Is there maybe the something offensive line would be my second pick. Yeah. Uh, let me – I just think the offensive line would be my second pick on that one, just because mm-hmm. again, we've talked about Russ, Russ didn't play well, Russ didn't do this. Well, it's, it's tough for me to get an idea of where Russ is as a quarterback with the way that the scheme was last year. I mean, I say scheme kind of loosely. Mm-hmm. I just meant the way the plays developed. That's what I meant by scheme. There wasn't really a scheme last year and the developing of plays was snap, run for your life, snap, handoff, get hit in the backfield. Mm-hmm. That, you couldn't do anything. You know what? It's like, what's your bread and butter? What, what, what can we go to? What's first and 10? I'm going to get five yards. What could you count on last year until you had, you know, Latavius Murray, I knew I could at least get three yards and push a pile forward. And maybe I'm looking at second and seven instead of second and 12, but the offensive line, I think should be the next biggest improvement. Cause frankly, all of these things we're mentioning will improve your quarterback play. Yeah. You know, Russell Wilson might not be, nine-time pro bowler but he's not going to be the guy that they saw last year it's just it's not going to happen nick probably not <laughs> yeah just uh <clears throat> hedging our bets a little bit there but yeah no i i agree with you completely let's say hello to some people thank you thanks again troy 1999 is a big help for the show uh we got dave glassman coming in with the hearts good to see you dave mark schrader always a big supporter of the show saying good morning all good morning to you mark jeremy sean saying morning boys media narratives are a changing 
they are changing until they're not. Uh, so maybe I'm the pessimist this morning. Maybe it's the lack of sleep, but uh, I can, you know, we can go back a year, a year ago from now in the episodes and like Broncos, dark horses in the AFC, uh, Canadian with the Chiefs. You know, it's a lot of uh, a lot of fluff and projection until you see it on the field. And then you really know. So media is a changing, but it would psh, turn around and be negative again real quick if uh, things go off the rails with Russell Wilson, because as we saw last season, they love to dunk on Russell Wilson when things are not going well. And it was over the top last season, without a doubt, but he was dreadful. So some deserve it as well. Yeah. And the pile on was, you know, again, was the quarterback gets more attention, gets more attention than anybody else anyway. Um, Two, you made a high profile move and you pushed for it. He helped engineer his way out of there. And when you do that, there's a lot of schadenfreude that goes around. Uh, You know, there's, you know, for, for the media, I, I, I like to say, you know, the, the, a lot of the media that covers media, they don't like athletes. They just, they just don't. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it during the pandemic more than anything was the, the turn on the athletes. Um, but they love to kick a guy when he's down. Cause frankly, they grew up jealous of these guys, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they enjoyed a little schadenfreude of, uh, and for those of you that's, you know, taking, if you don't know what schadenfreude is, that's uh, taking pleasure in the in the misery of others. And yes, that's a German word. Um, so when he engineers his way out on a high-profile move from a franchise, it's disloyalty and it's just all, you know, all this BS. You know, he, they, these guys have a right to move if they, if they want to. Well, you'd think they do. That they piled on. They piled on mm-hmm. last year. I think that aspect of it, Nick, will be dead. I think that I think that'll be gone. It's like we we've kicked this guy when he's down, kicked, kicked, kicked. It's it's he's gone from Seattle for over a year. He's a Denver Bronco now. Let's move on from that part. That I, I just don't think you'll see it. Even if he struggles mightily, you'll see it more from the Broncos fans now. If mm-hmm. there's a problem, you'll see more internal problems than you did the external noise. And I gotta say, if it was uh, as you mentioned, if he struggled again this season and they didn't talk about it, maybe it goes from a worse place, from you know disappointing, disheartening, getting kicked to completely irrelevant not even being talked about at least we were <laughs> bad last season but in the mouths so if we're equally broncos are equally poor this season and not being talked about in the same vein it means that they don't care nobody we're not you know getting the attention which before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Rightfully so, probably. I mean, that we don't want to be in as many night games as last season, you know, right? In hindsight, but uh, that would be worse. say it before, what's worse than anger? Apathy. Apathy. Yeah. Yep. yep. Loved, hated, but never ignored. When you're ignored, when you're apathetic, then you're done. It's yep. it's over. Over. With a capital O. Yep. And we're not ignoring US Dave saying we gotta get better because we can't go can't get worse. Absolutely. Zach Powers in the house, also a uh, big time content contributor for the chat. We appreciate that. Zach, morning, morning. Good to see you with the coffee. Our guy Philip Hagginson out here saying morning, guys. Hope you're doing well. Bama X in the house and good morning, Broncos country. Hope you're doing well, Bama X. Chase Wellner saying, howdy, y'all. Howdy to you, too. Good to see you. Keith Brugman, go Broncos. More, good morning, Nick and Scott. Good morning to you, Keith. 
Marcus Orange. I don't recognize this name. Let me know if it's Marcus Marquise. or Mar- Marquise. Okay. Mm-hmm. Heard both, but uh, Marquise Orange. I grew up with Marquise Grissom. That looks like a Marquise to me. Marquise Grissom was a fantastic baseball player. Okay. That's a little bit before my time. I'm not ringing a bell, but uh, <laughs> baseball, we don't, I don't even think there is a baseball season this year, uh, given how bad the cards have been. So uh, we can just uh, push right I'm along. Pretty good baseball here in the South. Yeah. They, uh, not so much in the, uh, unfortunately, in the uh, gateway city to the Midwest, but what can you do? Roy Osborne saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. Missed you guys. Been injured myself. I hope you feel better soon. Now I'm bored at home, so no better way to kill the boredom than watching you guys. Well, I mean, we have probably, Scott, how many hours, minutes do you think they have recorded of us dating back to the years that we did this? I mean, you hit YouTube. We've been doing this three years, twice a week on an hour. That's 100 hours. We're probably 250 hours or so. I mean, maybe. Oh, and I forgot more. my show. Yeah, uh, the show on our show on my channel. So you could probably dig up 300 hours, Roy, if you wanted to <laughs> go back, critique, see how wrong we've been about things. Uh, that's uh, oh, we maybe don't those, go back. Though. We will absolutely own them. We're not we're yeah. not here. We're not the uh, hey, look at me type. Maybe we should be. We'd be bigger, but I'd rather I'd still rather be authentic. Yeah. Nope. And I uh, always, you know, looking to get better, see what you got wrong and nobody gets it all right. Dominique Martin. Hey, Broncos family. Just stopping by to show some love. We appreciate that. Catch the podcast after I get off work. Getting some overtime currently. All right, get that money, Dominique. It says MHH for life per usual. And if you guys like Dominique, you're busy today, uh, then you can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. You know, listen to it afterwards and uh, drop a comment still. Uh, we appreciate that. You don't have to just be live. We always appreciate the people coming in live. But while you're doing that, leave a five-star rating review over on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to the podcast after the fact. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that. Also, MHHmerch.com. Get your swag on. I got the Broncos, building the Broncos, uh, our Broncos for breakfast hat on, building the Broncos hat behind me, all that good stuff. So uh, check it out. We got the mugs, of course, as well. Always a lot of fun. We got Lawrence Rivera coming in here with the stars saying, I'm just happy no one's hurt yet. What's up, guys? Good morning. I know that Samaje P. Ryan did have a kind of a scare with his thumb, but it sounds like it's all good. Uh, no issues there. And... Excited to see what he can do, and I know that you you brought him up before the show. Uh, it's a little bit of Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah, we can talk some fantasy dynasty rankings too if we get through our topic or, or whatnot. The uh, PFF came up with the top three hundred. It's the first time I really looked at something like that. Mm-hmm. So I you know I search for a couple players I'm interested in, and then I do a control F and hit Broncos and, and, and scroll down. And Samaj P. Ryan comes in at running back forty eight, one thirty seven overall. Uh, I just text my friend who I've been a consultant to for years and said, pick up some AJP Ryan late if he's there. If you can get him 10th round or later, which 138, 12-team league, 138 would be in the 12th round. If you can get him 11th or 12th, pick him up as insurance because he could end up being the number one for a few weeks. And uh, I think that would be a really good sleeper type pick. Yeah, one of those guys that maybe you know has a big game early on in the mm-hmm. season and then you flip them for much better value, you know, not to yeah, be trade them for a draft pick too dark. Yeah. <laughs> now you're talking God, a future draft pick even. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely some AJP run. Glad to see here that he is doing well. And hopefully the Broncos can continue to stay off the injury bug. It's always that time in between uh, mandatory mini camp and training camp where, you know, some, some funkiness uh, can happen from injuries to, extracurricular activities off the field you know summertime sometimes you're know, hanging out late doing some stuff it's hot out you know people can do some some stupid stuff but uh, yeah, when you've got the off days um my yeah. son's playing football for the first time this year he's uh he's a baseball player and he's played soccer um he wanted to play football so 
I think my wife on Friday night before the weekend is like, you need to go to bed. You're going to have to get used to, to getting up early again. And I was like, you don't have to worry about a summer football player going to bed. I promise you that. He's 9 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> He's asleep on the Exhausted. couch. Off season, though, these guys kind of get after it a little bit. So be yeah. responsible. And thank you for the stars, Lawrence. Yeah, and what was it? I saw ESPN stat that released a few times. Broncos have been one of the most arrested teams over the last you know five ten years so stay out of trouble boys and uh i know that sean payton's gonna have very little uh very little patience for that although tolerance. i did see yeah tolerance i did see that uh oh gosh who was the the seventh round draft pick that they took last season that was uh arrested or had a warrant out for his arrest the guy from Fayon hicks Fayon hicks was at uh mandarin minicamp and we thought he'd be gone after his run-in with the law so uh I don't know. We'll see what happens here with Sean Payton, but uh, stay out of trouble. I don't remember boys. him being that all that tight of a disciplinarian, honestly. Yeah, at, at New Orleans. But the if thing is, play, I don't play. remember him being a hypocrite about it either. Yeah, you know, he was like, "Yeah, we're here to win football games." He was. He just, he just always struck me as kind of a mercenary type, mm-hmm. and wasn't necessarily worried about having a bunch of choir boys. Which you, that's your team. That's fine. And again, I don't mind that. Just don't Bobby Bowden me or Urban Meyer me telling me how we're going to do it better and cleaner and oh, by the good God and all this kind of crap. Meanwhile, we got guys, you know, shooting up liquor stores. Um, I don't mind an a-hole. I can't stand a hypocrite. I've told you all before, Sean Payton's kind of an ass, but he's your ass. (laughs) Gotta love it. Always love those ones. Spacious Rift coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Haven't caught a live show in two years. Well, God bless. Today's a good day. Well, welcome Uh, back. Great to have you here. Y'all make the morning easier. We do like to hear that as well. I don't think there's many con- much content producers up this early, definitely on the West Coast. So uh, God bless you, unless you're doing those crazy early morning radio shows. But uh, we appreciate you coming in, Spacious Rift. Hope you're doing well. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again, not not two years from now. We also got um, Troy Bowerall saying, when there's, a lull, when there's a lull in the offseason, dog photos on recent hikes would be welcomed by me, but not by others. Well, appreciate that. Definitely I'll have be hitting the... Uh, Hitting up the uh, hiking photos here soon. Next big trip might be climbing Mount Adams here. We'll see. You know, I have a big, huge trip coming up in Idaho also at the end of July. So that'll be a lot of fun as well. Wang Chung saying, hello, Broncos for breakfast. I'm currently learning how to live life as a puddle as it's reached 110 degrees here in El Paso. My God, that sounds absolutely horrible, but at least you have air conditioning. Uh, Just imagine if you didn't have air conditioning. So live that up. I just I just finished Echo Burning, which was like the fourth Jack Reacher novel, and it was set in West Texas out in the plains, and it was always burning because it was like 110 degrees out there. So I'm, I'm thinking of you. The summer is arriving this week in the south. It's been unbelievably mild in June, mid-90s this week moving forward, probably till October. So summer mm-hmm. has arrived. We had a bout of, uh, it was called the Heat Dome in Seattle two years ago, and it got up to about 116, 117 and we don't have air conditioning. That's deadly. I mean, people were that's deadly. People did die. Yeah, people did die. They were yeah. using body bags uh, filled with ice to cool people's internal temperatures down so they didn't have heat strokes. So uh, that sucked. Um, air conditionings are definitely becoming more of a thing out here in uh, Seattle with the uh, changes in the world right now. But uh, I just paid yes. off one of mine. I've got more air conditioner than I have cars in my <laughs> house. <laughs> God pays to be comfortable. Well, that's for damn sure. Nick Lugin coming in here saying, would you guys give up Jerry Judy for Josh Jacobs or uh, Saquon Barkley? Man, 
I don't think I would just because of the longevity. You're talking about two running backs that would already be on their second contract. You know, these this many years in and typically, you know, I'm, I'm of the opinion that you don't give running backs second contracts if you can help it. So giving up Jerry Judy, who's a more of an ascending asset, probably has, you know, five to seven years left of good play or 24 years old isn't he? Yeah, I think, you know, typically I still think 30 is the age where it's like, yeah, but he, yeah he's yeah, but we'll he's see. Long. So, yeah, he's young. So I would not give up a uh, Jerry Judy for one of those guys. Also, Jerry Judy still has two years of relative cost control compared to those guys that are going to be expensive running backs. So you're paying more for a position that you don't typically pay a lot for. And Rude Judy's a bargain compared to what his uh, output is or his value is. So I would not uh, do that trade personally, even though, you know, Jacobs and Barkley are better players than Judy. Positional value in the contract has to come into play here. Also, Barkley has the knee injury as well. That is a, a factor that you have to evaluate. Yeah. Nick Lujan or Lu, I think it's Lujan. Um, since there's two Nicks here, uh, the answer for me is pretty simple. No, um, not right now. And forget contracts. You got one year left on Judy and you could get maybe one year on Jacobs or Barkley. No, I, I wouldn't. Um, I can't see really any upside to that. You need a wide receiver more than you need one of those guys as a running back. In my opinion, I know there would be some, that, some that disagree with me, um, but I just think it's easier to get production out of the running back than it is out of the wide receiver spot. And Judy is starting to justify his number one pick status. Don't bail on him now. Uh, so not for me. I would uh, I, I would not make that deal one for one, even if contracts were equal. Yeah, it just doesn't make doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now, if there was, let's say it was Barkley and he was entering year two or Jacob's entering year two and you still had, you know, three to four years of control left with those guys, I mean... That's pretty much the window. You're trading forward. contracts, though. Yes, you know. Yeah, but then I've got three years of a, a, a on a rookie deal, and, and you you don't. You've got a guy that's coming up on a fifth year option with one year left. He's two got years two of control years right now, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two years of control right now. Um, and then you've got guys that are playing on tags, well, haven't yeah. signed their tags. Yeah, that that are, are that are tagged. So even if you just said, like I said, one year for one year. Now, if I'm trading contracts, I've got one year left on this guy, and I might lose him for nothing. Then but that's a discount that that's yeah. a you're, you're trading him at a discount. You're selling low as opposed to, I don't want to lose him for nothing. So I'm going to have to move him. Well, th that's not the spirit of this question for me. The spirit yeah. of me is which would help my team more. And for me, the answer is Jerry Judy. Yeah. But if it was like, just the point I guess I was getting to here was if it was a Jerry Judy for Bijan Robinson, like without a doubt, I am taking mm -hmm. Bijan Robinson, even though he's a running back, you know, the, years of control that you'd have left uh, the ability. I mean, Falcons are using him at wide receiver too, in some sets out there. Right. So, I mean, he'd be, he'd be incredible. And we've seen what Sean Payton's done with uh, some versatile running backs, but just with the age, the contract status, the tread uh, gone on those two backs, just doesn't make, doesn't make sense where the Broncos are at right. right now for a team. Also that isn't, you know, one, a level running back away from competing for the Super Bowl, which uh, I mean, I, which I don't know if any team has ever won a running back away from winning the Super Bowl. We kind of saw the Chiefs. What was it three years ago when they drafted Clyde Edwards? Alaire? Like this is the final piece of their offense. Should have taken a defensive player. Should have taken an offensive lineman. Should have taken something. Uh, Roderick's, a Roderick Roderick's a Falcons fan from the UK. Uh, check in. He says, "Hands off, Nick." Yeah, I think, I think the Falcons are going to be, uh, they're going to be pretty happy with Bijan Robinson. Got into it a little bit yesterday about expectations for. Mm -hmm the rookie running back. And I was like, basically, if you, if you take a running back that high, he better be an immediate impact player. If yeah. not, there was no reason to take a running back that high. Cause like you said, 
throwing it back to Nick's question about Barkley, about uh, Jacobs, I don't want to sign those guys to long-term second year co- second contracts. So they better – I can't break them in. Running backs can't have a break-in period. That said, Judy – now, could you end up playing – we saw some high-profile wide receivers get moved um, last year, especially Devontae Adams. Uh, was it Tyreek Hill? For, for big – you know, big compensation. AJ Brown. AJ Brown got nice compensation too. So, you know, one more year, you can trade Judy with one year left on his contract and you should be getting more than a, a, a rent a back. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. So we'll see how it plays out. Keith coming in here saying, how is our competition? In the AFC West looking this off season draft signings, et cetera. Well, the Broncos did pretty darn well. And it's hard to say they didn't improve the most. Uh, given the difference going from the last coaching staff to this coaching staff, also the expenditures on the offensive line, uh, they really went for it in terms of recrafting, recultivating the offense. So I think you'd have to say the Broncos probably improved the most, in my opinion. I'm definitely you know closer to the Broncos, so maybe there's some bias there, but everybody's still chasing Kansas City, and I think there's a pretty big gap between them. I think the most interesting storyline this year, besides the Broncos and the AFC West, is probably the chargers one year left with Justin Herbert's contract, a team that kind of eked into the playoffs last year and really blew it against, I mean, crazy blew it against uh, the Jags and a team that's pretty top heavy and Brandon Staley's status with that team. Uh, Chargers are not, it's not a surprise or not, not known uh, that they're a pretty cash poor team compared to the other NFL teams. And what does that mean for Justin Herbert's contract coming up here? So chargers are very fascinating as well in the AFC uh, overall landscape. The Raiders are a mess. God, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll we'll see. Um, I, I don't have a lot of faith in them. Maybe that's part of my bias of I don't particularly like Josh McDaniels. McDaniel. I don't even know what his last name is. It's, it's either an S. S. It's Josh McDaniel. No, it's McDaniels. McDaniels. Okay. See. And then the one without an S is Miami Mike McDaniel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Josh McDaniels. I'm not I'm not a fan at all. And that's from the outside looking and I don't even have the personal history that y'all do. Um, so you've got even more reason not to like him and not just not like him, but just not think he's worth a damn. The interesting thing for the meat for the chargers is Herbert had um, a below average year compared to the two years he had as a rookie and as a, as a sophomore. And last year he was like less, much less production, but the team, he won, won the most games. 10 and seven with a worse Justin Herbert. Now that tells me one of two things or parts of both. One, they're a better team. We're not relying as heavily on him Two, if he comes back to his 3,800, 4,000, 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns, that 10 and seven could all of a sudden become 11 and six, you know, 12 and five, and they could be a really dangerous team. So I, I think, you know, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Until someone knocks them off, they're the freaking Chiefs. Your competition is the Chargers and Raiders. Mm-hmm. I like you better than the Raiders. The Chargers are going to be you, – you, you still got a hurdle there to climb. It's a tough one. Broncos always play them tough, though. I don't know what it is. They but just doesn't – I'm looking at standings, not standings. necessarily game yeah. to game. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Facebook user coming in. This is actually Benjamin Flores, saying born in Phoenix, been hiking through summer at 105 temps for as long as I can remember. Desert dog. Woof. That's a God bless you for that. Gary Palmer talking about God bless. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Didn't miss too much. No, you didn't. We're just hanging out, having a good time. Go Broncos and Buckham. Awesome to see you. Shandy coming in saying, I want to see Pookie come back and get player of the year in a breakout 1000 yards. 
comeback player of the year is definitely possible. So hopefully uh, we'll see what happens there. We also got Zach Powers coming in saying, how do you guys see the defensive line and edge room shaking out? This could be its whole own episode. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it a good bit about the defense. So, I mean, who are guys that are highlighted that uh, we're hoping to have breakout seasons that uh, have not had so yet? Well, it's it's going to be Frank Clark and it's going to be Randy Gregory. Yep, Randy Gregory staying healthy. Randy Gregory is going to stay healthy this year. Yeah, God, that's the one, right? Um, Zach makes a good comment here. Um, Jonathan Cooper apparently has had some uh, praise coming out of mandatory minicamp, so we'll see what happens there. He's definitely got a chance to be that third edge rusher, a little bit more of a outside linebacker body type versus uh, Frank Clark. So maybe we'll see him more in base packages early on. And then you have two uh, two really big wild cards from that 2022 draft class uh, that have a chance to take steps forward this year. And God bless it, the Broncos need him. Uh, Nick Benito, uh, last season, number 64 overall draft pick. You know, had some flashes last year, has the ability to get to the passer, but needs to become a more complete player. This is a huge year for him, year two. If he doesn't show signs of life, then... You might have to put that B uh, word on him as a pick. And you also have a Wuzurike. Right now, the Broncos' defensive line depth is questionable, <laughs> to put it lightly. Uh, we're not sure exactly the exact role of Zach Allen, inside, outside, maybe a little both. Maybe he can help cover up some of those questions on the interior defensive line. But outside of DJ Jones, you got Mike Purcell, who's solid, does a job, but is you know mm-hmm. aged and injured a lot. So after that, it's... Who knows? Um, so Uzurike and Benito, Broncos defensive front, need those two 2022 draft picks to step up. Yeah, they do. Um, but it, Cooper to zero, it's one of those, you, you better step up. You put a 56 on as a linebacker. You can't be just a jag. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a 34 on a running back, maybe. You know, that to me, 34 is the running back number. That may have changed to a, a different generation, but 34 yeah. was the running back number for Gen Xers. Uh, but zero is kind of cool. It, it's definitely bringing attention to yourself. Now you better go earn it. So that's a, that's a good call, Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. He's down the depth chart. So it feels like, has he missed any time with injury? I don't, I don't think he has. Cooper, it's not an official depth chart. They're like what you're looking at is probably our lads. And I think he's going to be higher up um, based no, no, on. No, I where... mean, just he's down on the depth chart as far as playing time the last two years. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been behind Browning. Mm-hmm. and Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory. But he's had, you know, he's been about the third or fourth edge rusher, I'd say pretty consistently worked his way up there in terms of the snap count. Um, but this year he's probably at three right now because Browning is out. I think he's best as a, uh, probably about a four, uh, but he's a talented, t- tough working player and uh, probably one of the better return on investment picks the Broncos have had the last couple seasons, giving him what was he a sixth rounder, seventh rounder, pretty good hit for an edge. Yeah, I just uh, I think um, as far as Cooper goes, you know, I, I feel like he's available, which is mm-hmm. a big start for this team. God, um, yeah. especially at that position. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt, the best ability is availability and availability. Alabama Green coming in here. Always good to see you. AS saying morning, guys. Great show. Hope you're doing well. Kevin Gray also in the house. And good morning, Broncos country. Nick and Scott, a big mile high salute to Broncos country. Came in late. Uh, we'll go back and watch the whole show. Well, that's good to hear. Hope you're doing well. Got our guy Michael Ronquillo talking about Arizona here earlier. Saying good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. God bless you, Michael. We appreciate that. Always well, coming real in. Real quick, thank you for the stars, Michael. And Michael, I was about to check on you on Twitter. I hadn't seen you in a couple of days. I'm like, wow, emotional. let's make sure Michael's okay. If I don't see Michael for a couple of days, I, I see Michael when I see my children. Like, wait yeah. a minute, where's where, where Sean? Oh, he's playing PlayStation for the last 48 hours. He's at some game, some practice. Michael, where's Michael? Yeah. 
Yep. Hopefully, so good well, to see you, buddy. Good to see you, Michael. I see Michael on Twitter sometimes, you know, commenting on some things, liking some things. So good to see you, Michael, on here hanging out. Troy coming in with the second super chat today, saying Scott, if the cap were not an issue, what are a couple of trades between the Falcons and the Broncos that could improve both teams? This is an article Ooh. idea. I don't know. This is a oh man, that is a great that's a great question. Um, I think what are the Falcons? You know, the Falcons. The problem is, is a lot of the weaknesses for the Falcons right now are probably in the same spot. If I had the biggest need for the Falcons, the easy one edge. I was going to say Falcons need wide receiver two or three. And the Broncos seem like they have like unlimited number of wide receiver two, three, fours right Right. now. And the Broncos need defensive line depth. That's a good one. who, who Who do you take out of there now? Oh, there's, I've said there, I'd rather have, I'd rather have Matt Hennessy than the, the, the center who's lined up at guard right now. He's starting guard. He'll probably end up being a backup. I'd rather have Matt Hennessy than, than Cushing. I'm yeah. sorry, Cushing, Cushionberry. Yeah. Um, going up the the ladder just a little bit. Running back room looks pretty damn good. Can you imagine? You want to you want to throw me somebody, Tyler Algier for yeah. uh, for it's going to cost you a little bit more than you know. Uh, a third wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> now to start talking a little bit higher. Um, cornerback depth is still a little iffy on there for uh for the broncos so i don't think you'd want to be trading a corner um but that's that's a that's a good shout the falcons the falcons weakness where the strength meets the broncos is probably wide receiver as far as depth goes that's a good shout i would say take one graham for a Cortland sutton or tim patrick like one of those ones graham has been really good but you paid a lot for that defensive line group and he's back up right now that's kind of the position the broncos really need on that defensive line right now i know we love him scott but Tim Patrick's a really good player. As well, well. The I've, way you love your cost controls. Yeah. And a fifth round draft pick in his third year coming off an injury. Now he's out there. He's back. Yeah. Um, he was, he's back quickly. Taquan Graham was a forced out there as a rookie and was way in over his head in 2021 and 2022. He was damned good on the yeah. interior line. Uh, got hurt week 11, but he's back out there. Prying Taquan a Graham, Taquan Graham away from the Falcons would seriously help the yeah. Denver Broncos. And that I think, would be, that'd be a, that'd be a big one for a Cortland Sutton. Maybe? maybe. I mean that, I think that the fit of both of those players would make sense on the Falcons as well. Um, just the type of body, you take Hollins out for some of those, you get the physicality on the outside, uh, especially guys who can play. Oh, that's X. interesting. That's one. That's that, real. That's a, what a great question, Troy. And I think, I think you nailed it, Nick. That's, that's really interesting. I probably would want a sweetener in that. Yeah. Like a fifth uh, on round the Atlanta Falcons side, I'd want some money. Okay. Uh, yep. You cover part of his contract because I'm giving you a guy that's making mm. peanuts as a fifth yeah. round pick. Yep. I'd probably want some money involved. Um, yep. But that that's a really, really interesting. The thing is, is a lot, on the interior line, I mean, you, you got on Yamada in free agency who isn't an old guy. No. He's older. He's a veteran guy. Man, Taquan Graham could be the an anchor on the defensive line for the next seven, eight years. You know, Grady Jarrett's getting older. Onyemata's in his thirty. Your really only young defensive lineman on the Falcons right now is Taquan Graham. So, I like, I like it, Troy. I like it, Nick. But you're going to have to send me a sweetener with it. It's yeah. not going to be straight up with contracts. Yeah, maybe it'd be something where you send back a Wuzurike or something with it as well, just to have a young body contract in there, and we get a fringe wide receiver who's more of a special teams kind of guy on that team. I don't know. Interesting comment there, Troy. That's uh, one that sticks out to me. Where are the strengths right now? Falcons need wide receiver. Broncos have a lot of depth at wide receiver. Broncos need defensive line. Falcons, a lot of depth on the defensive line. Just finally, 
stands what out to me. Shock. Yeah, God, it's uh, it's gonna be nice. You're gonna really enjoy the the waves that you can send at teams there. Thirty three minutes in, thirty four minutes in. Want to say a little answer very first, saying how do you, uh, how well do you think Mahomes' health is gonna hold up, knowing he's injured almost every season now. He's been playing damn well, still injured. So I don't know if it matters. Um, honestly, he's just plays with such a weird, awkward kind of uncoordinated. It's like he's like Jokic almost. You know, he's like not doesn't look super coordinated or athletic in some of his movements, but then he just delivers unbelievable footballs on timing and pace and off platform and whatnot. So I honestly don't think it truly matters that much unless it's serious. He started 17 games each of the last two years. Yeah. He's not injured any more than any other quarterback out there. I wouldn't exactly call him banged up. And he, he's got enough of a pocket presence that he won't have to rely on his legs as he gets older. When he starts reaching his 30s, he can still be a phenomenal quarterback. So uh, knowing he's injured almost every season now, like I said, he's, he's played last two seasons. He's played 17. He has started 17. More than so, that because the playoffs. Yeah, he's uh, there's there's nothing wrong with Patrick Mahomes' health. Yeah, unfortunately, and also because of who he is and where the Chiefs are at, any little thing he does, they're going to trip over themselves to praise him for the injury. You know, he has like a ingrown toenail. It's like, oh my God, what an, a miracle this is. This guy, such grit. Uh, uh, what an incredible you ask, competitor. You know, he's, he's not always needed. You no. know, his, his record, of his most impressive stat might be his freaking record. And I, I hate to go off on, on Patrick Mahomes here, but Lawrence, when you asked that, I, I looked it up. I mean... He played one game. He started one game as a rookie. He was one and zero. Then his, the his starting quarterback record after that is twelve and four, eleven and three, fourteen and one, twelve and five, fourteen and three. He is sixty four and sixteen. He's putting himself in a position where some of these nagging injuries you don't necessarily need to have him in. Players get banged up all the time. They're mm-hmm. playing injured. Everybody's playing injured by week ten. Yeah. It just becomes more of an issue when you're talking about playoffs or playing in high-profile games. It is the most high-profile player in the league right now. Um, so Patrick Mahomes ain't going anywhere, dude. Uh, sorry for Broncos. Happy for the NFL because he's a fun player to watch. Coach Chris, I was just thinking when you when you came in, we haven't seen you in a little while. It's been a while, fellas. Welcome back. Good to be back. It's almost football time. Damn, I can't wait. Unlike years past, I'm excited to see what this team with the new quality coach can do. Denver Broncos for life. Uh, thanks for being here, Chris. Hope you've uh, enjoyed the, your spring and the first little bit of summer, too. Yeah, appreciate you, Coach Chris. $20, that helps us a heck of a lot. So thank you for keeping the lights on in here and uh, contributing to Broncos for Breakfast. We hope, we hope that... Uh, That'll hopefully, hopefully that'll go to good use. Uh, maybe it'll be a beer. Who knows? Maybe it'll be groceries. But uh, we appreciate the heck out of you. Keeping the lights on. Jeremy Sean coming in saying, can 64th overall picks be bust? At what point does it make it without being labeled as a bust? Absolutely. Anybody in the top 100 draft picks can be a bust, in my opinion. I would even say the top 120. I mean, how much did the Broncos get out of McTelvin and Gene at 95 overall? You hope that that guy, at least like all the way down there, becomes a rotational player. And I don't even know if he played more than 100 snaps. Um, for his time with the Broncos. He didn't even make it through his rookie contract. So, yeah, I think top 100 picks can be bust. Now, the 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 size of the bust they are definitely depends on how top close to the top they were or what resources you gave up. But, yeah, top 100 picks can certainly be bust if they don't play up um, and contribute to the team. And last season, if we if last season is what Nick Benito does the next two in Denver or one if he's not here after that, then, yes, he is a bust, especially considering what came after yeah, and, and that's the point. It was some of the guys that came afterwards. Can they yeah. be bust? If I've got a second round pick, I'm expecting them to be a starter. 
before yeah. their career is over. Even third round, I'm expecting them to be a starter because I can get starters in the third round pretty reliably, especially on the on the offensive lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get linebackers. I can get I can get starters at the non-premium positions in the second and third round without a doubt. Yeah. So if I get zero from my second round pick, it's a bust. A second round pick should be someone that is a big time contributor over the course of their career. I, I agree with that one. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, let's get on to the topic of the show today. So NFL.com recently, Bucky Brooks uh, listed the top four offenses and the top four defenses uh, that will have big improvements this upcoming season to make the biggest jump this upcoming fall. And uh, luckily for Broncos country, Bucky Brooks believes that the Broncos are going to be one of the most improved offenses in the entire NFL this upcoming season. Uh, This is what Bucky Brooks wrote. The Broncos last season, they were the 32nd overall scoring offense and the 21st overall total offense. 32nd after trading for Russell Wilson. That is just unbelievable. It still makes me want to slap myself in the face to wake up to from this damn nightmare. Um, so he writes, Sean Payton's arrival should be sta- uh, should stabilize an offense that was a staggering disappointment under his predecessor, the one-and-done head coach Nathaniel Hackett. Payton has directed some of the league's top offenses over the past two decades, use, utilizing a variety of concepts and personnel groupings to create mismatches all over the field. As a masterful play designer with ample experience coaxing the most out of an aging quarterback, Payton can alleviate Russell Wilson's issue through clever scheming and superb game management. Moreover, the veteran play caller will maximize a supporting cast with promising potential, thus eliminating the need for the 34-year-old quarterback to play like a one-man show. As the Broncos embrace a more balanced approach this upcoming season with the ground attack featured prominently in the game plan, the Super Bowl winning head coach coach's immediate imprint on the unit could help Denver reemerge as a playoff contender this season. So Bucky Brooks buying stock on the Broncos and buying stock in Sean Payton, making it not all about Russell Wilson and making it about the overall functioning of the offense. Yeah, there's good news and bad news. And, and someone said in there earlier, uh, Apologies, I don't remember who it was, but the, the the good the good news is is you should be a lot better based on the people you've brought in are the top of their profession. That's great. I don't care where you finished last year. That's 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 always a good thing. Always get better. Always get better. The bad news was it it really can't get any worse. You've hit freaking bottom. It can't, Nick. I know we say that, but it it can't get any worse than it did last year. Last year, again, 32nd, you were last. Yeah. And it was an ugly 32nd. It was discombobulated. I used all kinds of words. Uncoordinated. It was just, it was a disaster. Yeah. So, yes, you've got the most room for improvement. That's the bad news because you were DFL. But you've brought in as good a group to turn things around as you possibly could have. You've got owners who aren't afraid to spend money to bring in some help on the offensive lines where you desperately needed it. And you've got the pieces in place then to see, okay, now let's see what we've got. Let's see what we've got is we thought we were in a pretty good shape going into last year. That was went horribly wrong. We're still in a similar place with a couple upgrades on in personnel. Now we've got a proven track record of offensive coaching in here with a Super Bowl winning coach who's done it with a team that was the dregs of the league in the New Orleans Saints, what can he come in and do with the resources we have here with the Denver Broncos? Will Russell ever be all pro again? Probably not. He won't be the guy he was last year. It's just, it's not going to happen. 
And the other thing is after last season where, you know, Russ was given his offense and a lot of call on the offensive scheme, you know, coming in and allegedly, you know, changing game plans and stuff, you know, the Thursday, the last uh, practice before the game, you know, that after the, the coaches and whatnot put together game plans that, that won't fly uh, this year under Sean Payton. They, and hopefully there's been a little bit of realization slash, I don't want to say humbling, but realization. You know, I will. Russell, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll humbling. Say humbling. I will absolutely say humbling. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Humbling. Yep. Okay. I need help. Yep. I, and I what, need help coach. What do you want me to do? I've been humbled. This was the worst year of football of my entire life. Let's, let's fix it. Tell me what to do. I'll do it. Yeah. And just understanding how he needs to play, listening to a coach like Sean Payton come in and be like, listen, this is what you do. Well, I'm going to maximize this and hide this other stuff versus whatever the hell it was that we saw last season. Uh, so that was obviously not very good with the Broncos having the 32nd overall offense. So being humbled and having somebody like Sean Payton who can come in and has this experience and whatnot that can say, listen, I know you're Russell Wilson. You've been these pro balls this time. You've been a great quarterback, but we saw, we all saw what happened last year. That doesn't fly. That doesn't work. We all know that you do want to be this again. No. And I know that, you know, Russell Wilson puts up the persona of, you know, everything's awesome, you know, kind of a little bit of corny, whatnot, but no doubt last season, what he was hearing and seeing and how he played hurt. And he doesn't want to do that again. I so. worked for a company where I'd walk into an executive meeting and I had the everything is awesome song in my head for the Legos and that one. And Johnny Lang's lie to me, you mm-hmm. know, lie to me and tell me everything is all right. I'm like, those are our two theme songs here. <laughs> yes. That company went bankrupt. Um, so again, flowing with this conversation about how much better it can get. Jason has a question that fits in nicely here. He says, uh, if Russell Wilson has 35 touchdowns against 15 interceptions with a 65% completion rate and can rush with effectiveness, what should the record be for the Broncos this year? Is that enough? I mean, not to be that guy, Jason, but the quarterback, while that's the biggest piece of the puzzle, the defense could completely implode with this situation. We kind of saw it last season where the Broncos defense was playing really good from a lot of the stats. And then as soon as the offense ticked it up, the defense regressed massively because other teams are like, Oh, we actually got to try to score a little bit here um, because the off the Broncos offense isn't completely inept anymore. So with this kind of record, I'm expecting the Broncos to make the playoffs this season. I would say nine wins is probably where I'd put them at maybe 10, uh, but I want to see what the rest of the pieces of the puzzle would look like as well. But this is a, I mean, that's monumentally uh, a monumental improvement compared to last season. 11 and six. I'll get straight to the point. I, yeah. I think you're 11 and six. And you make the playoffs, Jason Finish probably second in the West. Um, throw in 35 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. It's been a long time since anybody's thrown 35 touchdowns in Denver. And that would be probably be in the neighborhood of 4,500 yards as well. And you know, you're going to run the ball. So, um, you know, 4,000 yards, 65% completions, uh, a better than a two to one touchdown interception ratio. You're going to, you're going to score points with, with those numbers without a doubt, because you're going to run the ball as well. So I, I would say 11 and six would be a, a good bet on that. Uh, Jason, come back and remind us at the end of the year, see how uh, close we were. I don't see those would be amazing numbers. You take that in a heartbeat. Uh, if you could, if you could say, okay, you snatch your hand off at that. This, these are the numbers I'm going to give you for the future. Will you take them? Yes. Yes, I will. I would absolutely take them. Um, Heath Holmes coming in. Appreciate you coming in. He says, morning, Nick and Scott. Been a minute. You guys get me through my construction job. Glad we can be here for you. We are glad you are here for us. Clutchmaster coming in with a super chat over on YouTube, coming in yellow. 
He says, uh, Morning Broncos country, still hoping for a signing of Dalvin Cook or one more defensive lineman. Nick, what do you think? They're going to bring in, I think, more likely another defensive lineman. We might see running back, but it really, it seems like they're going to see how that third position plays out between all the the shotgun approach they have on that spot right now and following Javonta Williams' injury. So I don't know if they're going to be spending that money on a running back, especially after they went out there and paid for Frank Clark. Uh, But defensive lineman, I expect that to be a position, especially towards the end of the roster, where we could see a few different guys, you know, rotate in and out uh, before we have our final kind of set guys, or maybe it's a position that they're weak at all season, but I'm guessing they're going to be hunting on that, uh, on that position based on what we see from Wazirike and Hennessy uh, going forward. Hen- wrong Hennessy, Matt Henningsen. Henning, Henningsen. Yes, you're correct. Yeah. It's uh <laughs> covering two teams can be tough when you've got Mike Purcell and who was the other one, Mike, who's the other Mike P for the Falcons. I've already forgotten him, but they had two that almost had identical names. Pennell. It was Mike yeah. Pennell and Mike Purcell, Matt Hennessy and Matt Henningsen. Yeah, so God. <laughs> we're going to send you Matt Hennessy as a, as a, as a center from Atlanta and, uh, and make it really confusing. Um, I, I think you're going to, you will make some changes. Your you, transactions are never, ever, ever done throughout the course of the year. You move guys in and out of the practice squad, call it the 70 man roster, 53 plus 16 uh, practice squad. Clutch master, I think I think you'll see some some moves to be made now. Dalvin Cook, not sure what the holdup is here. Uh, you know where is Miami in this? Because I know he wants to play at Miami. I don't know if Miami really wants him. That would seem to be the holdup for me, Nick. I think Miami wants him, but it's just money. I think it's just guarantees and whatnot on that contract. Yep. Also, it's the off season program. I mean, he, somebody's going to snatch up one of these. You know, Hunt, Elliott, Cook, uh, and maybe these guys don't want to go through the entire. You know man training camp process maybe you know a little closer to the end of the season even playing preseason games so we'll see what happens and uh, we got achy dragon sends russell wilson has thrown for 35 touchdowns or more twice in his career the other one that sticks out to me with that question was 65 percent completion was 65 yeah. russell wilson typically has one of the highest uh, average yards per attempt of any quarterback in the league which makes it harder to have a high uh, completion percentage because quite frankly he struggles in the middle of the field in the quick game um, so that have to have that 65 is a good number as well, given it probably comes in tandem with more aggressive down the field passing. So maybe yeah, that nine wins four point six career passer. Yep. But I'm more interested in the yards per attempt um, because yep. that's that's I think that would be higher than uh, it, it, average. It's gone. Um, it actually got more efficient in 18, 19 and 20 Pro Bowl years. I mean, he was Pro Bowl almost all of his career. Um, but you look at his numbers and it was. You know, in 16 and 17, it was 7.7 and 7.2 per attempt. And then his efficiency got better, 18, 19, and 20, where he was, you know, 35 and 7, 31 and 5, 40 and 13 on touchdowns, interceptions, all good. And then uh, completion percentage rate was 65, 6, 66, 1, 68, 8, with an 8.1, 8.0, and 7.5 completions per attempt. That dropped to 7.3 last year, which was the second worst in his career. Um, so, Again, if you, the, the numbers you put up there are pretty much on par with the best of Russell Wilson, which would be, yes, yes, please. That's the guy we traded for, right? Yeah. Other than the numbers you listed, maybe a little bit high on the interception side of thing, but it would be a monumental improvement from the uh, the ratio uh, from uh, last season, which was just abysmal, just terrible. Um, so hopefully it'll be better this season. So before we start closing on up here, uh, Scott, 
What do you think about Bucky Brooks's uh, prediction here about the Broncos being improved uh, that much? Any takeaways from the the overall article, you know, really emphasizing Sean Payton and everything like that. And before that, the other teams he listed here, as far as the teams that would improve the most on offense, uh, Chicago Bears, the New York Jets, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The four teams on defense that he listed were the Detroit Lions, the Miami Dolphins, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, so Broncos. Throwing the Falcons on that one too. On defense? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> With all the, the, the group that they put in there. Now, what have the Steelers done to improve that much on offense other than get a second year out of Kenny Pickett? The offensive line. Did they put some money into the OL? I, I didn't pay that close attention to, to the Steelers. And draft picks. That helps. Yeah. Should help a lot. Uh, so I don't know if they saw Matt Canada there. He's been abysmal, uh, terrible as their uh, offensive coordinator, but we'll see. And we got Bronco beat coming in, man. Good luck to you. Gentlemen, I own a roofing company in Arizona. Had a foreman call out today. Pinch hitting 114, but close to 130 on the roof. Thank you for joining me in my AirPods. God, protect yourself. Sunscreen, cover yourself. Drink water, drink Gatorade. Just don't, don't get hurt. My yeah, God, that be sounds. Safe. Be safe out God. there. Um, it's yeah. Be safe. Take care of yourself out there. That's that's silly hot. Um, getting back to uh, you know Bucky Brooks. What do I think? Again, I want to know what are your predictions. Yeah, the, the Broncos will get better. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Now, if they How finished thirty second last year, where do you put them this year? Sixteen. You're hoping that twenty. You're hoping twenty is as worse as it gets this mm -hmm. season, which would be a huge jump. Going from thirty two to twenty is right. massive. Um, but somewhere 10 to 20 is the kind of a wide range, but that's really what you're hoping for this season with an offense or with the defense. That's hopefully, hopefully five to 15. Yes. Yeah, you know, I said, if you jump up to average, that would be a huge, huge improvement. Mm -hmm. Uh, anything more than that again. And if you go up to average and keep close to your defensive numbers, it can regress a little bit. You're a playoff team. Yep. You're, you're a playoff team. So I, I would, again, I'm a little on the cynical side. You know, the, 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 the 16 to 20 feels like should be a realistic goal. It can't, it could be better than that. It could be, yeah. it, it, and, it could be, I, I I'll set the over under on points and or yards at 16. 16. I think that's, I'd probably set it at 18 just cause I really need to see it with Russell Wilson still uh, to believe it, but I think that's a good call. Um, and the last bit here, we're talking about offense and defense improving. And everyone drink. I haven't done it yet today. I haven't mentioned them, but I saw a team last season that was worse on offense, win more games in my Iowa Hawkeyes last year, uh, even worse efficiently than the Broncos who finished 32nd. But Iowa's defense was better. And also the big kicker, the big difference, special teams. Iowa probably had the best single special teams, if not one of the top, you know, five in uh all of college football last season, and they won games by themselves. Last season, the Broncos had arguably bottom five special teams. Hopefully that'll improve greatly. And you talked about earlier, uh, the, one of the first supers we had from Troy, what could improve the team a lot, those margins. Probably need to give at least a little bit of credence to competency slash a positive impact, potentially, from special teams. Now we'll see about the kicking game itself, but the coverage units, that's the areas that have been driving me absolutely bonkers. And uh, hopefully we'll see much more efficiency on that unit where the special teams can be a weapon if you use it right, right? It's not just there to kick, to change possessions. It can be something where you get margins in the game, be aggressive, make some differences. And we just, Broncos have been horrible in there for the last five, 10 years. Just, just God awful. The hidden yards, you know, yeah. and it'd be nice to see a little bit more turnovers too. Again, mm -hmm. um, a little more pressure on the quarterback. 
and some some more turnovers. Just more exciting football. Yeah. <laughs> a little more points, a little more action on defense, and not just oh, it's just been it, it, this hasn't been a fun team to watch the last two seasons. <sighs> But it's going to be fun this year. And we had a lot of fun today, guys. We're uh, at it's 8.30 Mountain Time, so it's time to wrap it on up. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. God, so many super chats that came in. I saw we had Lawrence Rivera in the house. Of course, Clutchmaster59, appreciate you. Coach Chris, good to see you, Coach Chris. Troy Bauer coming in with two super chats. Gary Palmer, Michael Ronquillo. Uh, did I miss anybody on the Facebook uh, side we of things? Got, did we say Keith? Keith, Keith thank Brugman. you for your contributions as always. Yeah, shout out to you guys. Thank you so much uh, for the support. And thank you for, to everybody who came in today and uh, hung out with us on this fine Tuesday morning. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scott Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at BFB underscore pod. And of course, at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker is showing there underneath, if you're joining us on YouTube today or you just have a YouTube account in general, please subscribe to the channel like the show and share on your social media platforms. Scott, it's good to be back. It's going to be a little bit more normal here for the next few weeks. I wouldn't here. say that I'm out Thursday. It's not going to be normal here. Everything's chaos. We're not going to sure what's going on. Uh, not sure what's going on with the 4th of July anyway, big, but it's a big, base, big baseball tournament. We play, I think we play at eight 30 Thursday morning. All right. Well, five day, five day baseball tournament. So I will be out, but we will be here. I know we'll see Roderick. We'll see Jeremy. Hope to see a bunch of y'all tomorrow at 9 a.m. on uh, YouTube.com slash Scott Kennedy. We'll be talking Falcons. We're also going to talk the fantasy rankings. I want to get mm -hmm. into those a little bit. So that will be more of a an overarching show about where the uh, the the PFF Dynasty fantasy rankings came in. Because I got a, I got a bone to pick with a few of those picks. It's going to be uh, fun to see, no doubt. But uh, guys, we appreciate you. We'll see you again live tomorrow. I'll be back again live tonight on Building the Broncos with Carl Dummler. But until then, you guys continue to choose kindness and compassion. Have a great Tuesday. Hopefully your week is going well. And uh, we will see you later. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.